How we doing, family? Come on now. Excited to be here? Come on. This is the place of power. This is the place of community. This is the place where he is true and real. And together, together we're better. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000. Come on now. We're going we're gonna to continue in that spirit of, of love and acceptance. You know, the kingdom is ask and you will receive. I'm, uh, I'm not here to bless you with some crazy new word, but I'm here to come along in the spirit of community, hearing from Christ, hearing from our pastor. I'm actually piggybacking off pastor's message today because, you know, sometimes we, we, we need to break down the simple stuff. We need to let the word have life right through the spirit of God. Let it, let, let those, let some, a few little words breathe life again and refresh us. And, uh, it's important. The Bible talks a lot about being of the same accord. You know, it talks about the power when we're on the same page, we're of the same accord. I, you know, what does that really mean? Let's pray before we get into it. Dear Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come together. Lord, it might be raining outside. It might be, my circumstances might be tough. But we come here to remind ourselves of who you are and how good you are and how strong and great you've been and how generous you've been in our lives. Lord, let our words honor your spirit. Let our words and our time together, Lord God, reveal more of your glory and un unwrap, Lord God, your beauty and your love towards us. Let it, Lord God, be edifying and let it be power packed so that we could get out of here, Lord God, with some momentum in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was just really touched. I, I just want to say thank you to our family that's been ministering to the refugees in our neighborhood. I, I was really touched. And if there are any refugees here, we're, we're so thrilled to have you. Bienvenido. You know, engraciamos Dios que tienes la oportunidad de estar aquí con nosotros. And uh, we just want to love on you. We want to let you know that we were all foreigners. We were all foreigners. The Bible says that we were all foreigners. It says, it says in, in the Bible, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Family, let's never forget that. Let's never forget that we were all aliens. We were all strangers, that without Christ, we would have no closeness and connectivity. We have no inheritance. We have no power. So when we want to reach other people, we have to understand that we're coming at them from a position of, of grace. Man, I, I, I would be lost, I would be broken, I would be downtrodden, I would be nothing without the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We're aliens, the Bible said we're aliens, we're like Martians without Jesus. Without Jesus. Let's never lose perspective of that family. Let's never consider ourselves to be better than others. Let's never consider ourselves just to judge ourselves in the way the world judges us. Let us always come at people from that humble place that we too are we're aliens, but only because of Christ are we not foreigners anymore. Amen. I want to, so that word accord, it says it in, in Acts chapter two and verse one, it talks about the day of Pentecost. It says, 
when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. Now, I think that's pretty important to know what this means, right? If there's all this power that comes out of this accord, this place. So if we're in one place and we're of one accord, it's a place of power. Last time I was, I was up, we were talking about Ephatha, the power of the breath of life of the spirit in the words of God. We're talking about the way that the word of God is meant to be spirit and life. It's meant to be food and bread. It's meant to be living and active. It's not just a word family. The word is a spiritual life to us. It's, and so when we're of one accord, we have the same focus. We have the same attention. It uses this, in the Greek, the word for that is homopsychia. Homo meaning same, psychia meaning breath of life, soul, spirit. So if we are of the same breath of life, it means that we have the same focus. It says in the Greek way of saying the scripture, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, and then these are the words it says, it means gathered together or focused together. Focused and gathered together. It said, with the same psyche, the same breath of life, the same soul, the same spirit. And and in the same place. It's a little richer there. It's a little deeper when we see it that way, right? It says in Romans chapter 15, verse 5 through 7, it says, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you what? To be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify God the Father our Lord Jesus. Therefore, accept. See, what does it cause us to do? When we're of one accord, when we're of the same mind, when we're receiving the same breath of life from the Word of God, what does it cause us to do? It causes us to accept one another. Accept one another. Just as Christ accepted us in the glory of God. You see, sometimes we get too far away from realizing that without Christ, we, we had no acceptance in this world. That we were aliens, that we were foreigners, that we were broken. But because we have gotten under this umbrella of his love, because we have inherited with him co to be a co-heir and to be a brother or a sister of Jesus Christ himself, we, we let not the word of God fall to be some kind of repetitive thing that we just churn out. And in that same spirit, I think it's important to understand what Christ says what he means when he says to pray this way. See, pastor gave a beautiful message about when you get together to pray, pray like this. He says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, hallowed be thy name in other translations. You see, the voice of God to the Son is when, in, when Jesus went to the waters of baptism, well, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And if we can walk in that understanding that he says the same thing to us. See, we, we, we've, we've all, I grew up in a school in an elementary where we would say this prayer every morning. But oftentimes it would lose its punch 
right? It would lose its punch because I would be saying it and repeating it without really understanding the breath of life. You see, when I used to play sports, uh, and uh, there's a lot of functions in my life in which I have to position myself. And this, this first just phrase of this prayer is a positioning. And if we understand the positioning, we understand the power. We can pray in power when we understand the position. Now, when I, when I would play sports, I, sometimes I'd have to give myself a pep talk. You know, I, I don't know if you guys do this to yourselves. I give myself a pep talk all the time, uh, whether it's in sales or whether it's having a difficult conversation with my wife. I got to give myself a pep talk, you know, and I got to I, I got to get in the right spirit, the right frame, the right frame of mind. Right. Understand where I got to be and how I got to operate. And generally speaking, if I am pray, you know, what pastor has always told me about talking is he said, pray in the spirit before you do anything. Pray. Why? Because I want whatever comes out of me to be just not from me, Abe, but to be from the spirit. And I could give you some good marriage advice right here is if, if you ever want to be a good, have a better conversation than you have been having with your wife or with your husband, pray in the spirit before you do. Pray in the spirit. Get, get in the right place. Get in the heart of God for, for that person. See them through the perspective that Jesus sees them. Through them through God. If you ever have to have a difficult conversation with a colleague, pray in the spirit before. Let, let your words be the words of God flowing out. Let it be ephatha. Let it be the spirit. Breathe. Let it be the same psyche, the same soul, the same spirit of Jesus Christ speaking through you. And so I would go into these basketball games and I'd be like, I have to tell myself, man, you've done this before. You've been training your whole life. You've been shooting a basketball since the age of six. You got this. You, you've, you've, done, you've worked for this. You've trained for this. Don't let the moment be too big because you, you're already appointed for a time as this. You've, you've, you've made all the preparations. Don't be nervous. You know who you are. You can, you can do this. Don't complicate it. You know? Don't complicate it. You've been there. You're in the rain, in the cold. You've, you've done the shots. You've put up the shots. You've done the practice. You know the plays. Sometimes I would have to tell myself this because not to let the moment overwhelm. Not to let the moment take over and cause us to shrink up. And the same can be said, you know, when I go into a sale, sometimes they'll call us in with, you know, we've been hitting some bigger accounts lately with, with you know, corporate accounts. And you have to go into the boardroom and you have these more you know, I sell to grocery stores and sometimes these big chains like to have these different meetings and we sit around and, and you know, they're, they're, they try to use like more management language. And I'm like, no, I, I, I got this. Thank you, God, that you speak through me. Thank you, God, that we've already sold on the base level to the small carniceria down the street. I can, I can talk to these guys. Thank you, God, that you have elevated me. And so you understand our positioning when we come to God in prayer is so important. We have to know where we are. We have to locate ourselves and tell ourselves what God already says about us. You see, the pastor broke it down really beautifully. He says, our father. The first point I want you to take down from this prayer, the very first point is that Jesus does not isolate it as the father. He says it's our father. He calls him the same as he is for Jesus. He is the same for you. 
You know, Ileana had a little bit of a tough time. That's our oldest daughter with the twins because, you know, I get them sometimes. I'm, I'm coming home and sometimes they all run up and they all want attention. They want a hug. You know, but I can't, it's hard. I, I got big arms and I try and, you know, I've got a kind of a sore elbow because I've been picking them up a lot. But you know what the beautiful thing here is, is that Jesus is saying to us that he's giving up the thing that's most intimate to him. His relationship with the father is not his alone, but it's all of ours. It's a shared thing. Can you imagine being an adopted kid? Can you imagine being the, the actual biological child? Man, we've, we're the adopted ones. But here's the biological child saying to us, he's ours. Come with me. Come with me to this intimacy. Come with me to this relationship. Come with me to this beauty. Experience the power that I draw from when I pull away and pray. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That our Father. Let's not, oh, let's not make this just some rote thing that we just say over and over again. Let's let it really, really sink into our soul. And when I think about it like that, it hits me. If it doesn't hit you, man, just, just consider it a little bit more. Meditate on it. Think on that. He says, our, our father. It's not just a father. He's the same to G Jesus as he is to you. Let's check it out in the scripture. He says, you know, he, so what is this telling us? It's just telling us that God looks at us as a finished work of his eternity past. He looks at us the same way, the finished work, just as he, he said the lamb was slain before the foundation of time. He already had counted us into the equation. He had already planned for us and, and, and de designed for us. Not because we've earned it or deserve it. Our father is greater than all. We've been invited to the same intimate relationship. In John chapter 10 and verse 30, what does Jesus say about the Father? He says, I and the Father are one. Sheesh. If he and the Father are one, that means we're one with the Father too. Maybe you don't feel that way, but you have that ability to be one. You, that, that's the reality is this is the situation. We're one with the Father. Maybe you're creating some distance. Maybe you're hindering yourself. You're telling yourself you're not good enough. You're telling yourself you don't belong but you do belong. You're one with the Father. Look at this beautiful scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 through 27 in the, in the message. It says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. This tells me there's something beautiful there if you just are an ordinary person. You receive the word of God simply, simply. It says to receive the word simply. It says, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary. But yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people now, but now tenderly. We've been focusing on the tenderness of Jesus. And he says this, the Father has given me all these things to do and to say. Look at this. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of the father and son intimacies and knowledge. Woo! That's beautiful. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. 
I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line. Whew, family, this, this is a beautiful passage. This is a beautiful passage that tells us how Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus and our Father are one. And how he wants the same for us. This is, these intimacies, this knowledge, this stuff that he learns in the day depths and the secret place of intimacy, of knowledge, is meant to be shared with us. He's ready to go over it. He's not keeping it to himself, family. He's not holding that in. He's not saying, this is my dad. You guys go figure it out. You guys are kind of like second-rate kids. No. We have, we have the same, uh, uh, same opportunity for intimacy, for knowledge, for, for knowing line by line what it means to be connected in this beautiful way. How many times Jesus, he had to draw away and get some father time, get some daddy time. He had to draw away and get some daddy. That same revelation that he received in that intimate daddy time is what we have access to. And he's not keeping it to himself, family. He's wanting to show us. Line, I like that it says line by line. We know when you're doing notes and when you're studying, you, you go line by line and you highlight and you want to get the details. He wants you to know the details of what God is telling, the Father is telling him. The same details can be revealed to us. The same, it's a father-son operation of intimacy. Family, if your life is in dysfunction, if there's areas of your life that need improvement, like all of us, Let's hone in on making our lives more of an intimate father, son, daughter, father, daughter, intimate operation. Let's get some knowledge. Remember John, he leaned into Christ. Let's lean into God. Let's lean into our father. Okay, he's our father. It goes on to say, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? You know, so many of us have been burned out on religion. Maybe the our father prayer is a religious prayer to some of you or has been in, in seasons past, but he says, come to me, get away with me, get away, and you will cover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Some of us haven't rested because we're not leaning in this daddy. You know, Abba in the, in the Hebrew, it, it has a correlation. Little kids call their fathers Abba. In, in, the, in the Israeli, in the Hebrew culture, they call him Abba. My, I don't know if they stole it, the Greek stole it, but my, my daughter calls me Baba, which is very similar, right? She says Baba or Baba, and she even adds a little T at the end that I really think is kind of cute. It's like the endearing, Babati, you know? And, and so that, that when we have that relationship with our Father, we don't have to come with formality. We don't have to come with some kind of, we can come in rest. When we have that understanding, that positioning. He's, we can pull away and walk with me, work with me, watch, I'll show you how to do it. So he's going to show us even if we hang out with Jesus, if we get to know Jesus, he'll show us how to do life with our father. He'll show us how to connect like he's connecting. He's been there before, a few thousand years before, you know, eternity before. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, when we know who our father is, when we have this same picture that Jesus has of daddy, whew, we can live free and light because of who our dad is. Because of who our dad is. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, For through him we have both access by one spirit to the Father. Access by one spirit to the Father. Through Jesus Christ, we have access through the same spirit 
the same Holy Spirit to the Father. It's not a separate spirit that Jesus had and a separate spirit that you've got. It's the same spirit. If you've got the same spirit that Jesus had, you have the same access, you have the same opportunity to be one with the Father just like Jesus was. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and the saints, members of what? Members of what? What does it say there? The household of God. You're in the household. You're in the, you're in the nitty gritty. You're not, you're, you're not stuck in the front room. You're, 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 you get access to the whole household, the whole, the whole household. You're not stuck as a guest. You're, you're part of the household. You're a member of the household. You're a contributor. You're, you're someone that, that has his place. You can run up to the parents' bedroom. If they didn't lock the door, you just run right in. <laughs> he doesn't lock the door on us. He's, he's always open. He's always there. He's always available. I don't know what your household is like, what your household dysfunction might have been in the past, but we have access to this household. And this household is healing. This household is freeing. This household gives us lightness. This household gives us strength and encouragement. Here's some other scriptures that kind of focus on this connection that Jesus had to the Father. He says in John chapter 1, verse 9 through 11 in the New King James, he says, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and that you have not known me, Philip? Who, he who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? It says the fullness, it's, it, there's another scripture that says the fullness of God's attributes are represented in Christ Jesus. So do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Family, he's in the Father and the Father is in him. We, we have that same indwelling with the Father, that same in, in, intermingling. The authority with which we can pray. See, see how it mentions authority here. It says, the words I speak to you do not speak on my own authority. Family, if, you're, if you need some oomph, if you need some authority in your life, you have to understand you have the same authority Jesus had because of the Father. The Father is in you. The Father is with you. The Father is for you. The Father backs you up. That's where the authority comes from, that, that understanding, that recognition. Come on. And then uh, John chapter 17, verse 23, it says, I in them and you in me that they may be perfected and completed into one so the world may know without any doubt that you had sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. See, he loves us just as the Father loves us, loves me. So Jesus loves us in the same way that the Father loves him. The same things that God told Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That same love is, it can be manifest in your life. And that can give you power, that can give you authority. It says in John chapter 15 and verse nine, it says, I don't call you servants. I don't call you slaves. Because why? Because I've told you everything that the Father has revealed to me. Family, sometimes we don't know what the Father's saying because we're not listening right? Our ears are not inclined to hear the spiritual power of that fatherhood, that daddy. You know, sometimes I've gone in ebbs and flows with my own dad, my physical dad. And, and lately I find myself in a place where I'm really, 
I'm really seeking out as much wisdom as I can. I want to hang out with him. I want to hear what made him special, what made him distinct. I want to hear his wisdom. I'm, I'm trying to position myself in a way that deposit on me your, your, your wisdom. But there are seasons of our life when we haven't been doing that, right? I think all of us can, can say the same for our Father God. And I would encourage you that power and authority and freedom and love and inspiration come when we position ourselves in that place, man. Let me draw on your wisdom. Let me hear. Let me be close. Let me hear all the things you're telling me. Because he'll tell us everything that the Father is saying, line by line. He's not keeping it to himself. The next part of this, our Father, is point number two is the our part. See, our speaks to me of community. See, in community, we're stronger. I said one can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. It's, it's, it's the church, it's the rock of Christ through which he wants to manifest his glory. You know, a lot of people talk about the end times and they talk about, you know, doom and gloom, but you know who, the, who is gonna be ready and you know who's gotta rise up to their fullness is the bride of Christ. And that's us. We're going to be glorified. We're, there's going to be glory here. Our church is going to elevate. We're going to minister. We're going to reach. We're going to be at our best point when, when Jesus comes back. We're going to be at our best point, family. And we're going to do that together. We're going to do that together. We don't have to worry about doom and gloom like the world does. Because we have, we have our Father and we have each other. And we're not doing this alone. We're doing it locked arms. Iron sharpened iron together. I don't care what the doomsday reports are. We're, we're, we're in this. No, we, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The gates of hell cannot prevail against what? Against the church. Community family. Let's not forsake the gathering of the saints. Let's not for, look what happened in the book of Acts. They shared everything they had. Everything they had in common. And in their number were being added daily, those who believed. Daily. See, in this collective community, there is strength. There is power. You know, how many times, you know, Apostle Paul over here, he just celebrated his birthday. How many times did he need to give me a little kick, kick in the rear when I was still, you know, I'm still figuring, I'm thankful for him. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for Iris and Chandler and all of you and the encouragement, the boost. That's why I say, guys, this is not me. This is, this is us. There's something spiritual and holy and powerful in us coming together. And pointing our focus. Remember what we said, the accord is the focus, the sikendrosi, the focus is, is, is on him. The focus, the attention is on him in one place, together in one accord, in one place of one, of the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of acceptance. Family, let's, let's, if you speak Spanish, let's reach the people in our neighborhood. If you speak Spanish, let's, let's go over to the police station. They're all hanging out. Even if you don't, just show them some love. Maybe they need a hug. Maybe they need to drop off a lunch. I, I heard we're going we're gonna to go get their laundry and take it to the laundromat. You know, let's, let's do this. You don't have to wait to be called an evangelist to go show some love, to, to go show some people some, some community. That's what people are missing. I told you, we, we did that one sermon about um, the lady at the well. And I, I went into all the brokenness that we've experienced during COVID, all the disassociation that people feel, all the depression, all the, all the suicidal tendencies, all the hurt, all the pain, the, when people become disconnected. You know, even Harvard did a study. It's gone since like 1938. They followed 60 men over the course of all of that study. And, and what did they do? They discovered that 
they were across different socioeconomic groups. It wasn't just, you know, wealthy Harvard students. It was all kinds of people. And they came to the conclusion that happiness is in community. That was one of their main conclusions. You can look it up, the Harvard Happiness Study. The main, the main core of people's happiness is in community. Now, how much more when we're communing around Jesus? When we're communing and not only there's the, the benefits of human interaction, but now the benefits of spiritual interaction, of a deposit from the same Jesus where we're focused on him. Family, the R speaks to something very powerful. A three-chord strand is, is not easily broken. Is, you know, when two people are together and they've got the Holy Spirit in the middle, bam, that's power. When, when Jesus sent out the disciples, how did he send them out? Do you remember how he sent them out? Two by two, two by two. And what did he say? Don't take anything. Because I don't want this to be about what you did or who you, who you got or what you brought to the table. See, when we come to church, it's not about what we've got or who we... It, everything goes to the cause of Christ. Okay? And we come in, we come in two by two. Don't take, don't, he said, don't take a sack, don't take all this stuff. And he said, brush yourself off when they reject you. There's power in having someone in your corner. There's power in having church and doing church together, family. It's not just something we say. It's not just something that becomes rote and tradition. Talk to somebody. Open up in a way that you haven't. Reach out to somebody. Love on somebody. We need each other. It says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Who has a complaint against you? Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to what? To one body. You were called in one body. Family, a lot of people, they got, they got issues and, and they, got, they find things to, to, to fault and flaws in, in whatever church they were called to. And I would encourage you that if the Spirit of God called you here, be planted as the Spirit would have you. Plant and receive. from. If, if he led you here, it says a man may plan his steps, but the Lord designates his, his a plan may plan his ways, but the Lord designates his steps and, and makes his steps secure. So if he's, if he's brought you here, if you had some other plans of how it would all look and how it would work out, maybe just receive his direction that he brought you here, he directed you here. So then just receive fully, openly, incline your ear and, and be a part of it. Let's, you know, the other thing the study talked about was, was about volunteering. It says that volunteering is, is something that really helps build our community and helps us connect with one another. If that's true on a human level, how much more will we fulfilling God's work? It says, let it, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25, it says, and let us consider one another. We can just stop there. Let's just consider one another. How many times we go through life, we don't consider one another. Let's just consider one another. Consider. Man, there were some people that were staying at our house um, recently. And um, I don't know if they're here. I don't, I don't see them. They were going to come. But they came out to church last week. They came out to church. And they came out to Hoffman. The, the, it's my buddy, he's lost his, uh, his wife, uh, she's deceased, and she, his, her, 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 his new wife has lost her husband. 
and I don't think they would mind me saying this, they have a family together, they, they're married, and they came to visit and stay with us because they live in Greece now. And she's been through a lot of trauma. You know, she had her parents die at a young age. She had a lot of abuse in her family. And, and family, we just spent some time together. We just, we, I would come home from work and we'd do a barbecue. We'd connect. We'd, we'd love on them. I, I felt like I could be like a big brother and just talk to her and, 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 and encourage and walk. And, and family, do you know that on Saturday, without me inviting them, without me saying anything, I, I got a text message that said, can I come to church with you? Can I come to church with you? She came to church and she was sobbing. She was sobbing, family, because she was touched by the power of God. Family, sometimes we just need to consider what, what other people have been through. Man, I don't know what it's like to lose two parents at such a young age. I don't know what it's like to deal with the trauma of all of that, of brokenness and drugs and all kinds of stuff. But man, let's just consider one another and maybe come at people from that same place. And let's see what God can do. And, and she was, she, uh, the, 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 she was, they received prayer. They went up afterwards. They received prayer from pastor out at a Hoffman campus. And it was beautiful. She almost decided, she was tell, telling her husband that she almost didn't want to move back to Greece because she wanted to stay connected to the church. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I, I know they wouldn't mind me sharing that because it's a, it's a testimony of his goodness, of him intersecting their lives. And we all have an element of that. And we all have people around us that are dealing with that. Can we consider one another? Can we be in it together? Can we draw from one another, draw from each other's strengths? You know, the, the beauty of the body is that each one has a role and a strength and a purpose, no purpose bigger than the other man. You stub your, your toe. That's uh, the, the, you stop. Life stops, right? <laughs> I don't know. You broken your, I, I broke my toe a long time ago and I, I had trouble walking and balancing and all kinds of, you know, stuff. I didn't realize we're, we're a big function of that. And then point number three, guys, he, he's father. He's father. He's, he's not a commander. He's a father. He's Abba. He says, so if you as sinful people in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, know how to give good gifts to your how much more will the heavenly father? You see, when we know he's father, we know that he'll, he's, he's a giver. If you have a good father, you know that you can go to him freely and openly. You see, my dad, when I was growing up, he had a job as a, as a director for an American university in Athens, Greece. And that's how I ended up in Greece when, at the age of three years old and, and on, because my dad was working as an as a administrator at this American university. And so he had this, this office that was around the back and he had a, a, someone who would answer the phone when people would call in. But you know that there was something beautiful about me being able, being his son, was that I didn't have to go through all that. I didn't have to do the formality. I didn't have to, I could just walk right in. I didn't have to dress a certain way. I could just walk right into the office. I could go sit on his lap and talk to him and interrupt his day. If he had a meeting or whatever, he, I could just walk right in. That's how God is. That's how when you have a father that loves you, that's there for you, that's got an inclined ear to hear you, that's how he is. You can ask more boldly. You can ask without, without having the formality, family. And all of this, what it does is it causes us to humble ourselves. 
This understanding that, that Jesus shares his fatherhood, his intimacy with the Father. The fact that we're in this together with Jesus and we're in this together with one another and the fact that he's a, he's a Abba, he's a daddy who doesn't hold anything back. What does it do? It causes me to hallow his name because I'm humbled by that goodness. I'm humbled by that realization. You see, there's, there's some things here that, that all of these, these, these points bring us. When you, have, when you realize that he's your father, you'll have gratitude. You'll pray with gratitude. When you realize that Jesus did that for you, you'll pray with some gratitude. You'll be humble. You'll, you'll, you'll realize that he's generous to you, that he's full of goodness to you, that he doesn't hold anything back, that he wants the same intimacy for you. When you realize that there's our, you'll realize the, the, the power and the encouragement that can come in community, coming together. It says when two brothers come together, when two sisters come together, there I am in their midst. You realize that you got to go with, you go, go with Jesus. You go with one or someone in your church. You do life together. And when you realize that he is father, that he is Abba, you have confidence and you have authority. When you know who your daddy is, that he doesn't hold anything back. When you have that intimate revelation, you can go with some confidence. You can go without, for, you don't have to be all formal about it. You can go to him as daddy. Is that encouraging? I know this is, I know this is something we've heard before. I hope this is, this is ministering to you in the same way that it ministers to me. Family, let's not, let's not lose, let's not lose the, the essence of this very, very elemental stuff. You, you, we've heard it, but we got to revisit this stuff. We got to get our minds meditating and thinking and, and have a better revelation of it. Then we can go with some confidence. We can go with some authority. Do you know who my daddy is? Do you know who my daddy is? Do you know who my dad is? You're going to mess with me like that? Come on. Come on, dad. Come on. Let me call my dad. Let me call my dad on you. I was tempted to do that sometimes back in the day when someone would treat me a little rude over at the university. I was like, you know, do you, you know, you want, to, you want me to call daddy? That's how, that's how God wants us to see him. Do you know who our daddy is? Sickness got nothing on you. Uh, don't, don't belong in here. Stand back, Satan. Stand back. You're a, fa a different father. You're a father of lies. I'm, I got the father of truth on my side. And that truth sets me free from believing the lie. The father of truth is in the house. Come on now. Do you know who my daddy is? That, that, that'll give you some, some gumption, right? You stick your, your chest back. You talk a little different. You walk a little different. You don't walk around like a rag doll in life. Let things beat you around, drag you around. No, 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 no. Check out this scripture. One of the, one of the last few I'll share. It says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free, what? To experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure how you, you are now fully adopted. It's not a partial adoption. It's not a foster care situation, family. This is full adoption, fully adopted. He makes it clear. And his own children, because God sent the spirit of son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't 
that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain to you that you are not a slave but a child. And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. Complete access to the inheritance. Doesn't that make it clear, family? Doesn't that make it clear that you had a spirit inside you that had a void and was calling out for a father? Doesn't it make it clear when you look out in this world that people are broken and hurt, they've got a void inside them because there's a spirit inside every person calling out for a father they'd like to know and have a revelation of. And says we have, we, we're not, we don't have to walk around like a slave. We've got an inheritance. We've got the fullness, complete access. The privilege of intimate conversation with him. The privilege of intimate conversation. It should be made plain to you, family. You see, when, when Jesus addressed the people one time, he said in, in John 5, 41, he says, your approval, your approval in the new living means nothing to me. Your approval means nothing to me. You see, when we know who our father is, when we know the inheritance we have, we know that we don't need anything outside of that. We don't need people's approval. We don't need, I'm a people pleaser sometimes, and sometimes I'm, I'm trying to you know, make sure everyone likes something or not. I'm, I'm becoming free of that because I know that he approves of me. I don't need to hear, you know, I'm just trying to, trying to bring, bring to you what the word of God says, family. We don't need approval. We don't need approval from everyone left and right. We don't need all the likes. You know, we don't need it all because we know our father has given us the complete inheritance. He's given us all the intimate where there's no FOMO when you know the father has given you everything. There's no fear of missing out family. You're not missing out on anything. The fullness of God, the father is in you and for you and with you, the intimacy. It says, um, it says he's, he's in heaven. Our Father who's in heaven. He's in heaven. Family, we could dive into this, but we're going to have to close soon. I want to encourage you that knowing that he's in heaven means that he's prepared a place for you. You know, if it took him six days to make all of this beautiful earth and us, and he's had all of this, this eternity of time, all of this time to prepare a place for you, I can only fathom how it's going to be. He's preparing a place. Let's never lose sight of that. When you're discouraged, when you're, you just know that he's in heaven. He's in heaven. Why? Because he's preparing. He loves you so much. He's preparing something for you. It says that that, that is the place he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Thank you for tracking right there. You see, one time... Um, my wife had the opportunity, one of her uh, mortgage lenders in her real estate business invited us to go out to a uh, guaranteed rate field. And, you know, th those stadiums are, are these beautiful, big open stadiums. And we got to go on the field and, and play like a little uh, fake softball game. There, there were no, thank God there were no fans, you know, watching. Uh, <laughs> you know, my softball game wasn't all that great. But, but, you know, when they call out your name, Unless you go out of that tunnel, you're not going to inherit and see and experience all the beauty that's out there. You can stay back in the tunnel. But when someone is in heaven, he's got a divine perspective, right? To see what's out there. And he, and he says, he says he's like, it says he's like the good shepherd that stands at the gate. And I, I want to get into that sometime, but he's calling us out to the pasture. 
You see, sheep stay in these folds. They stay in these penned up places. But if they hear the voice of the shepherd, then they run out to the pasture. They run out to the openness, to the freedom, knowing they're protected from the wolves and anything that will come against them. And they can go beside the still waters. Like Psalm 23 is talking about, all that is talking about is when the Father is there calling you out, he's calling you out to rest, he's calling you out to beauty, he's calling you out to wide open spaces. Look how it says it here. This is a beautiful scripture Pastor shared. It was 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. Dear Corinthians, in the message, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Family, when we know who our Father is, when we know He's the Good Shepherd, we can go out into the open spaces. We can live bigger. Don't fence yourself in. It's all a vain imagination of that you can't do this or you can't do that. And you don't, he doesn't want the best for you. He wants the best for you. He wants a beautiful, open, awesome life for you, family. And sometimes we don't see it. Why? Because we're seeing from down here. From way down, we're looking up. And the walls look too big. And they look too intimidating. And life looks too hard. Or sometimes we're facing like this. And you know, there's a reason why all the, the offensive and defensive coaches in football look from up high. Because they can see the strategy, they can see the way the game's playing out, they can see the next play, where they gotta go. God has seated us with Him in heavenly places, and we need to start looking from that place. We need to start looking from that place, from that angle, from where we can see the future, we can see the strategy, we can see the open places, the opportunities that lie there. Family, no more small living. When we realize that He is our Father, that Jesus shared that intimacy with us. When we realize we do this in community, when we realize that he is a good daddy, that he doesn't hold anything back, and we realize he's in heaven, he's preparing a place, that he sees the future, that he's got a plan for you. You can plan all you want, but he's gonna, he, if you let him direct your step, it's a beautiful, open, expansive life. No more small living, no more fenced in, no more hemmed in family. Let's live and pray this way with this understanding. Our Father in heaven. Man, if all this doesn't cause you to hallow that name, oh, come on. It causes me to humble, it causes me to hallow my name. Like, man, you did all this for me. You want all this for me. You see all this for me. You protect me from all this. And, and you let me live openly and freely, and I don't have to stay boxed in. Too many of us, we're letting our lives stay boxed in. Family, let's pray with authority because we know He's our dad. Let's pray, Lord, in community because we're better together and there's power in our togetherness. And let's pray with the conviction that we have the same intimacy and access to the same intimacy that Jesus had with the Father. Greater works than me will you do. Greater works. Why? Because we didn't get a second-rate second experience and relationship with our Father. Let's pray, family. Maybe you're hearing this all for the first time. I want you to be encouraged that, that you have access to this Father. That if you haven't received Him, that you can receive Him today. That His call to you is a call to all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He wants to make you His Father. That's an open call to everyone. It's not exclusive. He's there for you. He wants to walk with you, talk with you. If you need prayer afterwards, there's going to be some prayer partners. 
but let's let this inspire our lives, family, this revelation of what it means to have our Father far in heaven, looking out for us, watching us, talking to us, uh, intimately, inspiring us. Jesus, we thank you. If you. If you haven't prayed and received Christ, let's pray this together. Father, be my Father, just as you were to Jesus. I receive your fatherhood. I receive your, your dadship in my life. Be my dad. Thank you for the inheritance. Thank you for forgiving me and looking past my flaws, my sins, and bringing me into your relationship through the sacrifice of Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my dad. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, family, we got a book we'd love to give you about discipleship. But otherwise, love you, Chandler. Come on up and uh, let's greet the people.